This is The Dirty on 30, a podcast that spills the tea on everything 30s. Join your hosts, Melissa and Anna, as they dish on life, relationships, and whatever else they can think of. Hello and welcome to The Dirty on 30. This episode is a continuation of last week's episode, so Costa Rica Part 2. I'm Melissa. And I'm Anna. And we'll jump right back into it. So, day four. We woke up sore from the waterfall the day before. I woke up way more sore than you did. I was dying. Anna was dying. I was like mildly sore. But I will say as the week went on, the more sore that I got. Like by the end of the week, a little flight of stairs, like three stairs down. And I was like, where's the handrail? I can't even, <laughs> can't even go down a stair right now. Yeah. So day four, we wake up sore from the waterfall the day before. We are still in La Fortuna, um, which is the town right next to Arenal Volcano, which is technically considered an active volcano. It was thought to be extinct until it erupted in like 1968. And then it erupted almost nonstop from 1968 to 2010. And then apparently it went back into more of a dormant phase in 2010. So the most recent eruption was 11 years ago now. But in volcanic time, it's still considered active. Yep. So we head to Arnall National Park. We want to go see the volcano. We had seen some pretty good views of it the day before. So we were feeling good about it. Um, we got into the state park. And there's basically one main loop trail. It kind of takes you to what's called the 1992 lava flow viewpoint, loops around, takes you past a really gigantic sabo tree that's like 164 meters high, which is unusually tall. I think the science said that the sabo tree normally only grows to be like 30 meters tall. Yeah. Or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, there was a huge difference between no- huge normal. Huge difference. Normal height, and then this this one specific tree. And then it loops back. So we're on this hike, and it was pretty nice. We're walking through the jungle. We're, we're having a good time. We had just started. We're a little sore from the day before. And we get to where the viewpoint is, and all of a sudden it's like, viewpoint over here to the left, and it points at a flipping staircase. <laughs> and we're like, are you kidding us right now? Like, nobody wants to go up this staircase. And not, staircase. like, a basic staircase. I mean, this was staircase made of, like, rocks and, like, this things. Was cut like, straight into the lava rock. Yeah. Like, it was very not square. <laughs> yeah. These were very slippery-looking stairs and not particularly even or flat. And at that point, I hated Melissa just a tiny bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So we make it up to the viewpoint, and I, it it's fine, I guess. It's nice, but the... Volcano was not cooperating. It was 100% no. in the clouds. I mean, we were we sat there for a really long time, you know, t- taking our time. Right. A lot waiting. of the websites said when you get to the viewpoint, wait a half an hour, see if the clouds are going to lift. But this yeah, it was not cooperating this morning. It was really nice that we had seen such a good view the day before. Yeah, because this wasn't cutting it. But if you turned around the other way and didn't look at the volcano, you could, from the viewpoint, see the Arnal Lake, which is this humongous lake in the other direction. Yeah. So we had a pretty good view of that. And we met some other tourists at the viewpoint. One of the women we talked to was probably like, I don't know, early to mid-20s. Yeah, she was young. She was young. And we were like, how long have you been in Costa Rica? And she was like, three and a half months. Yeah. And 
she was talking about her nomadic, you know, traveling lifestyle and how last year when COVID started, she was supposed to be volunteering in Mexico for the year and stuff like that. And it was like, how does anybody afford to just have that nomadic lifestyle for so long? And why am I not doing it? Right. Why am I not in Costa Rica for three it, months? Can do it, yeah. I can do it. Yeah. Right. I just need to learn how to pack less. Right. All she had was a backpack. All she had was the backpack. Yeah. <laughs> Got to work on that. I also think I need to work on the dreadlocks. <laughs> That's true, too. So we sit up at the viewpoint for a while. We wait to see if the clouds are going to lift. A couple other groups of tourists come through, but but we're not having any luck. So we move on, and we're getting going through the jungle again, and there's just, like, animal noises all around. I can't explain it, but... It was scary. <laughs> yes, it was scary because you hear all of these strange noises and you don't know what animal's making no, them. No, and you don't see anything. You can't find the animal. You don't know, is that like a flipping bear? What's the jungle equivalent of a bear? Is it a jaguar? Yeah, freaking is it, jungle cat. Yeah. Right. What is it a... Is it just a turkey looking bird? We did <laughs> see a couple couple birds. That I, I would have called them peacocks, but yes. Peacocks. Very much a very large bird. <laughs> so we see those. We hear all sorts of noises in the brush. We're kind of creeping ourselves out because there's not anybody hiking in the same area as us. Yeah. But eventually we made it to the sabo tree. It was huge. Like I said, we stood down at the the very base of the roots to, to just even give the picture any kind of scale yeah. and did like big panoramic pictures going up the tree. Yes, we did. So that was really nice. It was really pretty. A couple of times before that on the trail, I was like, do you think this is the tree? Like anytime we came across like a mediumly large tree. <laughs> yeah, but this one was exceptionally big. It was, this <laughs> exceptionally. Was... <laughs> we definitely hit the right tree when we found it. Yeah. Not just because it had a sign. <laughs> yes. So that's kind of what we did in the morning was just this this trail around the National Park. Um, on our way back, it did start sprinkling when we were on our way back to the car from that point. And we got a little concerned that a real storm might roll in, but it, it did end up lifting. It just only sprinkled enough for us to consider getting the umbrella out of the backpack. Yeah. And then it was fine. So when we got back to the car, we drove up to a second viewpoint in the National Park. But again... We didn't really do much there or stick around long because the volcano was still well and truly behind the clouds. Yeah, it was. And at that point with the sprinkling, like the clouds were were there. Yeah. Um, so we didn't spend much time there. We kind of just took in the view and then left. Yeah, we headed back into town. We got like a traditional, or I got a traditional Costa Rican casado or lunch yeah. um, at a restaurant. Yeah. They were delicious, chicken fajitas. Thank you very much. <laughs> the casada was pretty good. Um, it's just kind of like a rice and beans, and there was like potato salad and actual salad and a meat, and a, it's kind of like a everything all on a plate. Yeah. Large and tasty and nothing super exotic. Plantains. There were plantains. Yeah, there was plantains on there too. But that was really nice, and it was nice to get something that was considered, you know, what they called typical, typical food. They never really called any of their food you know, Costa Rican or, or no. local. It was all typical. Oh, yeah. Typical food. And then that afternoon, so the Arnall Volcano, one of the nice parts 
of the volcano is that the thermal activity of the volcano heats up this entire river that flows away from the volcano. And then along that heated river are a million like natural hot spring resorts Yeah, um, that use that heated volcanic water in their pools, in their springs. So we went to the Tabacon Hot Springs. It's known for being one of the first ones in the region. So they kind of got a good position on the river. So now that there are multiple resorts, it's known as one of the only ones that doesn't need additional pumps or or heating systems to pump the water or to heat the water at their resort because it got has good natural water flow pathways. But it was really, really lovely. It was really lovely. It was amazing. It was nice to just enjoy that nice warm water. I mean, and then there were like different temperatures. It was, it was weird. They did have different temperatures because I think they just added cold water in areas or they diverted it away from the main river to places yeah. where it could cool. A little bit. There were so many. Like, there was no way we could have done all. They had a million little pools and nooks. Like, a million is an exaggeration, but there were hundreds. (laughs) Yeah, there was so many. And we didn't even get to, like, all of them. But I think everyone would just find their their cute little nook and then stay there. And then... Yeah, it really allowed for a lot of of privacy. Because you could just keep wandering through these little pools and nooks until you found a place on the river that was not occupied yeah and you could stake your claim yes um down closer to the resort itself there was you know a more traditional swimming pool filled with the water um had a swim up bar yes that swim up bar though (laughs) we got some serious tropical drinks i got like an entire cantaloupe made into a drink pineapple (laughs) i got a I got a pina colada, right? It was a pina colada. Yeah, I got a pina colada. (laughs) Mine was like a cantaloupe smoothie with vodka and Midori. So nothing to complain about in that sentence. Yeah, it was so good. I mean, they were expensive, so... I guess that we could complain about that, yes. (laughs) So we were trying to enjoy the fruit as much as possible. I was like scraping the pineapple with my my straw. Yes. (laughs) We're like making little tubes of of cantaloupe and, and pineapple. And enjoying it, and then the guy felt the the guy felt sorry for us, and he gave us um, part more, of more cantaloupe. more cy <laughs> but really, the guy should have just given us a spoon right like, I would have been I would so have eaten the entire yes. interior of that cantaloupe, yes, yes, it was such a waste, such a waste, so the next time we went to the bar, we just ended up getting beers because we could get almost three beers for the price of one of those drinks, right. So we went around and we tried to hit up as many of the little pools as we could. A lot of the pools that are along the main river themselves had like natural river bottoms, sands and rocks, lots of basalt, black, black rock in the pools. Some of the side pools, like the one with the bar, did have actual tile or paving. Those were easier on the feet, of course. Mm Should have brought shoes. (laughs) Dinner was included in the day pass there, so that was nice. But the restaurant was, I don't know, kind of mediocre. Yeah, it was, yeah. Nothing super special. Just kind of a buffet, cafeteria, restaurant. But the pools, though, those were so special. They were amazing. So even though it started raining during dinner and we, like, our sarongs and cover-ups and everything got super soaked, uh, we did go back out after dinner anyway and sit in the drizzle in the pools because the pools were warm and we were 
I mean, we were already there. Might as well enjoy yeah, it. Enjoy it, yeah. And and it didn't matter because once we were in the water, I mean, we were warm anyways. It wasn't like the cold was hitting us or anything. Right. Yeah. So we stayed there as late as we could and then went back to the hotel for that second night. The next day, day five, we left our hotel and we left La Fortuna and the Arnall area in general. And we drove up to Monteverde, which is famous for being a cloud forest. Yes. So what a cloud forest means is that like it's so high up on the mountain that it's almost perpetually in the clouds and the trees in the forest gets a lot of ambient water from the clouds themselves, even if it's not raining. Mm -hmm. Kind of like coastal forests here in California get a lot of their water supply from daily fogs off the coast. Yeah. So it was quite the drive up the mountain. Yes, it was. Uh, that road definitely got a little windier, had some had some steeper drop-offs, and had some of the worst potholes that we saw <laughs> on the whole trip. Yeah. We did see some cool things, though. We saw a whole gang or band or pack of, of the Cody crossing, this, crossing the road in front of us and almost ran them over. <laughs> uh, and we stopped there and tried to take pictures on the side of the road, but then at some point, you know, somebody came up behind us and was like, tourists. Right. Like we've never seen Cody's before. Parking in the middle of the highway. <laughs> Literally in pictures. the middle. We didn't even like go to the side. We just like stopped right where we no, were. Because on the shoulder were the Cody. You couldn't yes. have pulled over. <laughs> so when we did get all the way up the mountain, we stopped by a, a place called CASEM or CASEM. It was an acronym, C-A-S-E-M. It was like an arts and crafts co-op for the locals to all sell their work. So we did go in there and bought some... Um, like hand sewn, like felt sloths. Yeah. So mine is going to be my Christmas tree ornament, of course, because as you should know, that's my favorite type of souvenir to buy. <laughs> for your ornament. Yep. Sloth for my Christmas tree. Then we did make it into town. We parked, walked around and got lunch, popped in and out all of the different little souvenir shops. Nothing super interesting going on as far as town went. It was pretty pretty yeah, small pretty small town yeah. very small way up on the top of the mountain yeah so there wasn't much to do so i convinced melissa to try to check into the hotel early so we can rest a little bit before we moved on to our next activity which was the the um, suspension bridges and um, we were able to to, to check, check in, in early just a bit early we were only going to stay there for one night and they were like, oh, we've upgraded you to a balcony room because we've got a large group at, in the downstairs rooms where you were going to be staying. But then that kind of sucked because we had to drag our suitcases up like three yeah. flights of stairs <laughs> yeah, and, and a hill. Yeah, I didn't have a small suitcase. Like to, mine was pretty big. To get our luggage up to the balcony room, it was like, are you sure we can't just get the ground floor cheap room for the night? Like, really <laughs> we, don't, we don't need much. Right. <laughs> we're not even going to be here enough to enjoy the balcony. It doesn't matter if there's a group next door. Yeah. The balcony did have a nice view, though. It did. It really did. It was nice. So we've dragged our luggage up the hill. We took a bit of a nap and rested a little bit. You know, had stretched because we were out of the car. Yeah, and so then, many hours of driving. Then we headed to the Sky Park for the suspension bridges, for the hanging bridges tour. So this one, this tour was a guided tour. We did pay for the expensive guide this time. And there were only four of us on the tour, so it was very small Yeah, as far as groups go. 
And it took us across like five big suspension bridges that are kind of like going across canyons so that you're at the same height as the treetops so that you Mm -hmm. can see the animals in the trees. And each bridge was basically bigger than the last until you get to the biggest bridge at the end. You can't see the end. Like it's so long. So long. Yeah. You couldn't even see the other side. So the first bridge... Um, One of the women on our tour got super nervous about the heights. She wasn't having fun. She made it across the first bridge, but then basically wanted to go back. Yeah. And the guide walked her to the second bridge to see if she was going to be able to change her mind so that he could show her a map of, like, she could shortcut and just make it across only three of the bridges instead of taking all five. Yeah. But she decided no, so we ended up sending her back to meet a second guide that came to rescue her back at the first bridge. Mm-hmm. So then it was just the two of us. And a third. And a third of another French woman. Yeah. Because that's what we kept running into on this trip, were French, French women. Yeah. And she was clearly way more comfortable on the bridges than Anna and I. She was, like, <laughs> yeah. hanging all over the edges, climbing over everything, using her phone to take photos in the middle of the bridge where I thought I was going to, like, completely yeah. drop my phone. She wanted us to take her picture with her phone and it was like hold on can't hold can't hold your phone on this bridge if i lose your phone i'm gonna feel bad yeah and it was it was i, w- I took my gopro you know just to get um use some footage there and i was scared to take it out like i took it out for like two seconds and i put it back but i thankfully i had my um my waterproof case so I put it in there and I hung it from my neck my my phone so that's how I was taking pictures because I was deathly scared of dropping my phone like I could not go over the edge of it without thinking like I'm gonna lose my phone in this trip I basically wasn't taking pictures on the bridge at all I was mostly trying to just take pictures along the trail and the guide was showing us a lot of little things you know some flowers here and there he showed us a bird's nest that was dug into the side of a hill or like a tarantula cave that was dug into the side of a hill. Yeah, two tarantulas. Yeah, two tarantulas. But when we got to like the third bridge, all of a sudden we're halfway across the bridge and the guide's taking another photo of the other woman that we're with. And I see something in this tree up on the left. Yeah, you're like, I see something. <laughs> I was like, I see something. It's over there. It's in that tree. And I, I, I thought it was a tail of like, uh, like a, a tail but I wasn't a hundred percent certain like I was way back off on the beginning of the bridge and they were out in the middle taking pictures so I wasn't exactly certain I'm like am I blind is it <laughs> just another bird because we'd seen a bunch of birds at that point yeah um, but as it turns out right there at the top of the tree like right level with us on this bridge was a howler monkey like a young male black howler monkey yeah um, sitting on top of the tree eating the flowers so we stood there in the middle of the bridge for like a solid five, ten minutes, taking pictures, taking videos. <laughs> I did get my phone out for that. I was like, you know, this is a shot worth losing the phone for. Well, he kept getting closer and closer. Right. So like the more we were there, the closer he got really And then close. we had to take more photos again yeah. because now he was better looking photos. And, than and we every just time did. we attempted to leave, the French girl was always like, oh, wait, she's doing something else. So then we would go back and, and watch him do something else. And he got really close, and um, yeah, that was really cool. That's probably it was the closest we got to an animal. Super cool, yes. Yeah. And that was, in general, that was a really good tour. Like, I highly yeah. recommend. Suspension bridges, check. 
Next time, if I'm a little bit skinnier, I'm definitely going to do zip lining, though. I'm crazy like that. I, oh, would. I would have had a heart attack. Like, three miles of zip lining, like, I would have a heart attack a half a mile in, and you wouldn't even know until I made it to the bottom. <laughs> I think it would be so cool. I mean, that's what the experience, but, you know, I think I just, I did not feel comfortable this time attempting it. Right. Next time. So that's kind of all we did that afternoon was the suspension bridge tour. That took a, several hours. It was longer than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. But in a good way. Yeah, we saw a lot. And, 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 you know, we were hiking a lot. And I was still sore from, like, three days before. Like, I, I was still feeling it. Because every day we were hiking and we were being active. So I'm so thankful at the pace that we were going because he would stop and, like, you know, point explain out, like, yeah, and, and explain things, things. Out So it, it didn't make it seem like we were going really as far fast. as yes, we did. Yes. yes, because it was a big, it was a big walk. So I'm glad we had that tour guide to show us and some pretty cool stuff. We saw a lot of stuff. So we went back to the hotel and crashed that night. And the next morning, um, the hotel was a bed and breakfast. So we had like pancakes that were good. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. we got to choose between the the breakfast tipico, yes. which was the same thing again, and then the the pancakes, and you we know, were like, we, we were pancakes. We were all the we way. were still living the American stereotype. Yes. We were like, just bring us the pancakes. And instead of orange juice, everywhere we went, they, we had like mango mango juice. mango juice, mango water. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was different everywhere. Yes, that every, was like their, literally that was every meal. Juice. Yes, so that was that was good though. Oh, it was so nice. Yeah, I need to work on that back here. Yeah, we really should work on my fresh. Fresh juice in the fridge. Juice, yes, it's so good. Um, so day six, really, really, really was just a long driving day. Yeah. It was the first of the beach days, but this is the day where we had to take our COVID test. We were now officially seventy-two hours before we had to fly back to the U.S. This was the day we had to take the COVID test, and there are very, very limited COVID testing sites outside mm-hmm. of San Jose. So we had to detour. So instead of driving straight to the beach we were going to stay at, we drove all the way down the mountain again. Then we had to drive across the country to the peninsula, then all the way up the peninsula to the north. Um, We were going to be going to Playa Samara, which is about halfway up the peninsula. But we had to go all the way to the very northern end of the peninsula to Playa Brasilito instead. So we drive all that way, we get to Playa Brasilito, we see the beach a little bit, take some photos, park our car. We're looking around. Anna points across the street and she's like, that restaurant's really nice looking. Because <laughs> I pointed at this one right on the beach that was like a fish market. And I was like, let's get lunch here. And Anna's like, why are we going to get lunch there? She points across the street. She's like, that one's really nice looking. <laughs> nice looking equals expensive. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was. <laughs> so we had a fancy lunch on the beach. Uh, I got sushi, actually. So that yeah. was lovely. And I had rice and shrimp. It was really good. And the spicy edamame. That was super spicy. Oh, the spicy edamame was so good. Yes. I finished, like, that whole thing by myself. Yes, because it was too spicy for me. <laughs> I didn't I didn't help with that at all. You had, like, one, and you were like, nope, one and done. And now we're here, like, okay, eat my fries. You're terrible. <laughs> yeah. I'll eat the spicy edamame. So then we headed to the hospital for the COVID test. And clearly, all of the tourists were there. Clearly, yeah. it, clearly, it was the place. This is the first time we had seen that many tourists in one place. 
Right. Like of, of all the places on the entire trip. Yeah. We had we had gone to all of the tourist attractions and saw fewer tourists than we saw at the hospital waiting for the tourist COVID test. Yeah. Which I mean understandably so. Right. We're all there for the same reason that we same are. Same reason yeah. we are. Right, because it's the only place anywhere near yeah. the peninsula where you could get the COVID test. Yeah. So after that, we got our test. It was really easy and pretty painless. We had already booked our appointment and everything, so we just had to check in and then wait for our name to be called, and, you know, four minutes later, we were done. Yep. Pretty simple. So we needed to go back down the peninsula. Like I said, we had detoured all the way to the northern end, and we needed to go back halfway down the peninsula to Playa Samara, which is where we were staying for the night. So we had two options. We could go back down the center of the peninsula where we had just driven up, and it would take like two hours to get there, or we could go down the coast um, and it would take about three hours to get there. And we were like, okay, let's get on the coast. And in my mind, I was just imagining like the road is a little smaller and a little more windy, you know, very, very coastal, very... But very much like Pacific Coast Highway. Yes, very <laughs> Pacific Coast Highway in, in California. But as it turned out, the reason why the extra hour was going to happen is because the road we were driving on was, <laughs> was, a, was a dirt road. Oh, bad. It was, it was not paved. And at this point, I had made Melissa drive for a little bit. I was tired of driving from the morning. So Melissa took, took, the, took the wheel. Yeah, so I was driving, and it was fun. It was fine. I've driven on dirt roads before, and it was a very well-maintained dirt road. It wasn't terrible. No, but it was um, so, like, smoky. So you know? dusty. Yeah, so dusty from all the... So much dust. Every car that went past us went at, like, a billion kilometers an hour, Huge yes. dust clouds. I mean, clearly they're comfortable driving. So, I mean, yes. all the power to them. We kind of made a game out of stopping at every little beach that we passed to take a photo. So, we stopped at like Playa Lagarto, Playa Marbella, Playa Ostianal, Playa San Juanillo. Yeah. We went to a bunch of them. Towards the end, we started getting tired of it. So, we did miss the last two beaches um, Garza, <laughs> Garza and Guiones. Yeah, we just wanted to get to where we were going. Uh, plus, it was starting to get closer to the end of the day. And I really, the next day when we were going to be at the beach all day long, I really wanted to go kayaking. And I had actually emailed several shops before we even left on vacation trying to book the kayaking tour. Um, and nobody ever emailed me back. So I was like, we need to get there early enough that I can go and figure out whether or not I'm going to be able to go kayaking tomorrow. Yeah. So that's what we did. We made it there. We made it to the hotel. We checked in. We checked headed straight out to the beach because at this point it's like five in the afternoon and everything on the beach says it closes at six basically mm -hmm. like all the surf shops and everything because that's when sunset is so we go down to the beach because i'm trying to book this appointment and the first shop the shop that i had found online and really wanted to do it with that never emailed me back i walked up to them and they were like completely like we don't rent kayaks and i was like there's an entire page of your website dedicated to kayaks. <laughs> and he's like, no, we only do surfing. And I was like, whatever. So that was the first shop. So then I go to like the next shop down on the beach because they're all right there next to each other. Uh, and the next shop was like, the waves are really bad right now. We're not taking kayakers out to the island. And he's like, we have a two-person minimum and you're only one person. And I was like, okay, well, fine. So I still continued. I was like, I was like, I'm going to find, I, I'm going to ask around until I figure out, like, can anybody 
agree with this guy that the waves are too bad because the first shop didn't say anything about the waves being too bad. The first shop said, we don't do kayaking anymore. Go down the beach. Find somebody else. Yeah. The second shop was like, the waves are too bad. So the third shop that I stopped in said, yes, of course we'll take you kayaking. Be here 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. And then I was like, (laughs) then I was like almost sketched out the opposite way of like, he was too perky compared to the last guy who was too doom and gloom. Like which one of them is completely lying to my face. Yeah. But it was nice. I booked that. We uh, ended up eating dinner right there on the beach. Mm-hmm. A place called Gusto Beach. Uh, we basically completely missed sunset while we weren't paying attention. It might have been lovely, but you know, <laughs> one minute it was light and one minute it was dark. And yeah, we were busy enjoying the two-for-one happy hour menu. <laughs> yes. And they had live music that night, a, a band of like six people with a female singer, a very good cover band. They called themselves the Offshore Pelicans. Because they make you fly. Was that what she said? <laughs> Something like that, yes. <laughs> they were excellent. The The ambiance was just like perfect. Like we were at the beach. Our toes were in the sand. We were drinking the two-for-one happy hour. We were listening to the music. Everything, everything was good at that point. Yeah, it was nice. So the next morning... We wake up and it's basically back to the beach. I parked Anna on one of those like, you know, rent a lounge chair and umbrella kind of places. Mm -hmm. And then I went and met up with that kayaking tour at 10 in the morning. So I just want to say I didn't go with her because one, I don't know how to swim and two, kayaking scares the shit out of me. So um, I've gone kayaking one time in Newport Beach and it was not fun at all. I mean, it was a little fun, but it was still water, you know, it wasn't Ocean kayaking is so... Much so work. There was, there was just no way I was going to be able to accompany Melissa. Like, it was just not happening. And I was okay with just laying out on the beach, sipping on some drinks, and just... Getting some sun. And getting some sun. Like, that was my plan. Like, I was okay with that. Like, you do you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I kayaked out to the island Isla Chora. Um, they had iguanas out there that were scary because the iguanas like came straight up to the kayak because they're used to the tourists, I guess, showing up in kayaks with yeah. pineapple. Yeah. There was some snorkeling to do out there because there's a reef around the island, but I only snorkeled a little bit. I was having some issues with, you know, breathing with the snorkel on. <laughs> yeah. And you know how it is like once you start panicking a little bit, like mm-hmm. it's like a positive feedback cycle you just panic more (laughs) yeah it's like a downward spiral yes (laughs) so i i I snorkeled a little bit of around the island i had a great guide Um, i mean i was out there for like three hours with the time that it took to get out to the island hang out on the island have some fruit do some snorkeling and then kayak back meanwhile i was just sipping on mimosas and having virgin pina coladas and getting some sun it was beautiful very relaxing after such like all those days of physical activity and up and down stairs and hiking and everything it was just so nice to just not do anything she was getting more workout i was so sore when i got back because it was like three miles of kayaking and it was like having been on a rowing machine my shoulders were just like why are you doing this to us right now so since anna had been on the beach and and I was looking for a break from the beach. We headed back towards the hotel. We stopped in a bunch of little shops for souvenir shopping. And then we ended up stopping for lunch at like this place that said they had the best fajitas. 
Um, and they were also like a craft beer brewery. Yeah. Um, called Dos Gringos. <laughs> <laughs> Brewing. So we stopped there and had some beer and had some fajitas. And the fajitas were, in fact, really, really good. Sizzling. So you got to yeah. give them props. Yeah. For that, they had cheese for the. Fr- I've never had fajitas with like che- melted cheese on top of the meat, which was actually a nice little little addition to it. It was really good, I might say. And it was it was supposed to be Mexican style, so the beans were like Mexican style, and the rice was you know kind of like my mom, so it felt homey, it right? Nice, yeah. I was not a super big fan of the beer though, and I wasn't a big fan of the guy with his beer suggestions because here he is and he walks up to me and says, would you like to have, you know, a taster of anything? So I asked about it, one of the double IPAs on the menu. And then he's <laughs> like, we don't have that right now. So then I asked about the other double IPA on the menu and he's like, sorry, we don't have that one right now either. Here, let me go get you some tasters. And he came back and he came back with like a strawberry cream ale and like a sour and like yeah. a Pilsner. And it's like, okay, dude, none of the three of those are anywhere near a double IPA. Yeah. Like what makes somebody ask for a double IPA and be like, I'm going to go get them the sour. (laughs) Yeah. He was just giving you what was popular probably or something. Yeah. Or what he thinks girls drink or I don't know. But yeah. But if you ask for double IPA, give me me an IPA IPA or something. Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. The food was great. We had the beer. I did end up getting an IPA, so did Anna, a different IPA. Mm-hmm. And then we went back to the hotel for like an afternoon nap because <laughs> I was exhausted. <laughs> and I just like sleep. And we were going to go back to the beach in a little bit anyways. So. Yeah. So in the evening, we went back to the beach. Instead of walking south the way that we walked the first day, we went north this time and like walked all the way up the beach. On our way back down, we tried to find a different restaurant for dinner. We stopped yeah. in at like two or three. And couldn't really find anything. So we ended up back at Gusto's again. So they were excellent. They were. Um, they had amazing music the second night. Like a guitar, Spanish guitar duo. Yeah. That were super talented. And that was our second beach day. Yeah. So here we are. Day eight is basically our last day on the trip. And we are out at the beach, out on the peninsula, of course. So we need to get back to San Jose. So that we can go home. Yeah. So on our way back, uh, we stopped at the Diria Coffee Co-op and Processing Plant, which is a co-op for locals and for locals who grow coffee on smaller coffee farms. They all go to this co-op and sell their coffee to the co-op where it is then processed and basically sold to Costco. Yeah, that's what he said. Um, so we stopped there for a coffee tour. We were the only two people again, <laughs> because that's basically how everything went, is we booked booked things, and we were the only people who booked it. Yeah. But this place is legitimately not open on the weekend unless you book a tour, so so that could explain why we were the only people there. Yeah, although some lady did just show up randomly. That is true. Yeah. So I learned so much about, like, I don't drink coffee at all, so I learned so much about coffee that I never yeah. knew. It's It's extensive. It really, really yeah. was. The different, the ways they sort it, the way they process it, the way dry, they sun dry yeah. some of them and they dry other ones in the big spinner. Yeah. The differences between higher elevation coffee tastes and lower elevation coffee tastes. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Like I never knew any of that because I don't drink coffee. 
Never would have known. I mean, I drink coffee and I didn't know any of that. <laughs> I don't know. Right, I, f- I felt like you I learned a lot. just drink it. It was a good tour. <laughs> yeah. Um, after that, again, we headed back to San Jose. We did do some last-minute souvenir shopping there. You know, go to a grocery store and buy a bunch of chocolates. Uh, headed back to that craft fair to get um, my shot market glass. to get to get some oh, no, souvenirs. Had, well, yeah, I already had a shot glass from Samara, but Samara, but you got another one. I got another one, I think. So we were Maybe. staying at a casino that night. So we pull up at the casino, and like all the women walking in are wearing serious stilettos and mini mini skirts, like yeah. little little dresses, <laughs> really yeah. really tall heels. And here we are, like having just rolled from the beach to the car to the coffee tour to being in the car for hours and hours and we're rolling into the hotel and we just look like we're homeless compared to the <laughs> yeah, other I, mean, I was like in leggings and a shirt and like i was in my hiking boots yeah <laughs> like super super underdressed so between the fact that we didn't really plan to go anywhere that required a mini dress and heels and uh, because we were super tired and had to wake up at three in the morning the next morning, we basically didn't end up spending any time in the casino. We saw it briefly on our way to the elevator. Yeah, we saw it briefly. And they were closing anyways at 10 because of COVID. So it didn't give us a lot of time to, you know, relax, get ready. To relax, and then, get ready and get down and there, then right. get down there. So at that point, we just called it a night. <laughs> so the next morning, again, we got up super, super early. We returned our rental car, which was harder than you would think, because when we showed up, the rental car place was closed, and everybody who was clearly flying out on the same flight as us were all in a line waiting to return (laughs) return our cars. (laughs) They hadn't shown up to work yet. (laughs) So we dropped off the rental car, shuttled back to the airport, and everything went fine on the way home. No airport karma. No. It was a nice flight. It was lovely. No layover. No labor, so that was good. It was just an, I mean, like I said, I sleep within. Like, and they had yeah. all the middle spaces, oh, seats yeah. blocked off. So we were Shout in out the to same. Delta for doing that. We were in the same uh, row and Delta had the middle seat blocked off. So we had plenty of space and room. Anna slept like the whole way. I did sleep I read the a, whole way. <laughs> I read a book. I did not sleep at all. I slept the whole way. I just, because I take my blanket everywhere. Yes, I carry my blanket everywhere. It was given to me as a gift a long time ago. And I just, I try to take it with me because it's small enough to take. And I curled up into it, into the window seat. Because, you know, they make you put down the window. And called it a night. And just knocked out. Because we woke up at like 2.45 or something. Yeah. And the, it was, we were like right in the downtown. It was so loud. Yes. We did not get any sleep the last night, so no. <laughs> so we probably slept like maybe an hour or two. By the time it stopped being so loud, and by the time we woke up, I was I was still so exhausted. So as soon as we hit up into the air, I was out, out like a light bulb. And that is the end of our Costa Rica trip. Yeah, we made it back. We made it back. The first we- thing we had was In and Out on our way back. Right? <laughs> Are you from California? <laughs> If you don't get in and out, get in and out when you come back from Madrid. Minute you land. Yes. Well, part of the problem was that with COVID, they're not feeding anybody on the airplanes like yeah. they would normally do. So it was just so hungry. Yeah, they gave us the little snacks, but it was not enough. And uh, we're already looking forward to the next vacation, whatever it might be. Yes. <laughs> Our next segment is going to be guilty pleasures. 
And since Easter was this week, we are going to be talking about Easter candies. So the question is, what is your favorite <laughs> Easter candy? I think I, I'm not a big fan of the Peeps. I'll eat a, an occasional Peep just for the sake of it. But I definitely like the peanut butter Reese's um, eggs. Peanut butter Reese's eggs. Yes. Those are pretty bomb. But I am a hardcore jelly bean eater Ooh, when it yes. comes to Easter. Like jelly beans all the way. The normal, like, what's the brand name? Brock's? Breaks? B-R-A-C-H-S. How do oh, you yeah, say yeah. that? Brock's. Brock's, I think. I would say Brock's. I love their jelly. Those are like, for me, traditional. Okay, so my grandmother back in the day would make little, like, Ziploc bags of candy for all of the grandchildren at Easter. Yeah. And it would have, like, you know... A handful of jelly beans. It would have one peep in the Ziploc bag, and it would have like one Cadbury cream egg. Oh, Cadbury! Yeah, I forgot. About and that those. was like your your Easter, Easter goodie bag. I never got like Easter baskets growing up or anything like that. Like that was not the thing. That well, I we mean, did it wasn't a formal Easter basket. But it was still a, something. Yeah, it was the grandma's Ziploc <laughs> bag. But yes, she she has a ton of grandchildren, so she would make like thirty or forty of those bags. Yeah. So that every kid could get one. So of the three items that were in the bag, the old school jelly beans, the Cadbury mm. cream egg, and the peep, yeah. my favorite has always been the jelly beans. Well, do they have peeps for other holidays or just for... They do make peeps for other holidays now. But it's just for like Easter. Different like colors the, yeah. and different, you know, flavors right. of marshmallow and... Did you ever try... Um, that junk. And for Easter, one? they... They make the peep bunnies too. Yes. Those are weird. Oh, they do. The little like heads? Yeah. Just the head, right? Yeah. I don't know. I remember one time we we were microwaving them. I definitely did the <laughs> microwaving thing because that like, you know, in the, I want to say in the pre-viral times, that like went viral. Right? Yes. <laughs> Everybody had to go do yeah, it. Everyone had to go do it. No, our um, office is filled with uh, chocolates right now for Easter. The owner's wife brought them and, you know, everyone went into into it and got into all of it but there was this one bag of the easter like the the ones that i like what would i just say the peanut butter cups the easter eggs yes and there was a whole bag full in the cupboard in the cabinet in the kitchen in our break room and they slowly like someone found it and opened it so then they've they slowly been like going away and we've been leaving all the white chocolates like i'm not a huge fan of white chocolate but they've been leaving all of them, and, and then my coworker made a joke like, "I guess no one likes white chocolate in this, like in this place." Cause, and then I, I was like, "Well, somebody will, and they'll eat all of them, and they'll have right. like all of them." But yeah, all the chocolates are like or, you gone. Know, it's one of those things if you eat all your favorite ones first, but that doesn't mean that a month from now when you're desperate, you might not eat yes, one, right? Exactly. You just got to wait till you're desperate. I definitely like when our um, the owner's wife comes along because she always stocks our like break room with snacks. She bought three boxes of all the different variety chips, you know, like the, you know, the 30 pack and the 40, whatever, all those big boxes of, right. from Costco and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she has, we have granola bars and we have like mixed nuts and we have crackers like the ritz crackers with cheese and the nutter butters and everything and so everyone you know was excited because easter was coming and then she she took over she covered me while i was in costa rica so she completely like snacked the place snacked out. out the place and all so we've had chocolates 
for a while now, like like before that. But oh my gosh, like at those. my office pre COVID, um, I mean our business manager doesn't work at the office that I work yeah. out of. So pre COVID, she had like monthly snack. Like package mm. deliveries to us, so we're like once a month we'd get like the package box snack box, yeah, from Joslyn, and it would be amazing. But we don't we don't get those snack boxes anymore because not enough people work at the office anymore for it to mm. be worthwhile. Yeah, at this point they only stock the Keurig, <laughs> and everything else is a free for all. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have a Keurig at my office. We have just the regular coffee pot. That everyone makes from the Costco brand. Or not the Costco brand, but it's the one they have at Costco. Right. Yeah. We stock our stuff with Costco stuff. But yeah, so I'm a jelly bean and... Uh, I'm a Reese's peanut butter Easter egg person. And we're going to keep this segment super short because we <laughs> definitely over-talked about Costa Rica. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> Thanks. So continuing with our Easter theme, our Born in the 90s segment is also going to celebrate Easter this week, and we're going to talk a little bit about Easter's of the past and Easter traditions. So my family is very Polish on the (laughs) side that is very Polish Catholic that celebrates Easter. Yeah. So we actually do a pretty Polish, like a Easter brunch, where we bring in specialty pastries. My favorite is a is a poppy seed pastry, like straight on poppy seed Danish. Like you open it up and there's like poppy seed paste inside. Interesting. Not okay. not like baked into it like a poppy seed muffin. Oh, okay. Because that's exactly what I was imagining. <laughs> no, this is like a Danish with like a poppy seed Got paste it. Okay. inside. Um, so we order specialty pastries and we also order specialty sausages from a butcher. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. We do an Easter egg hunt every year where we hide Easter eggs filled with coins for the little kids. Yeah. And that's that's our main Easter traditions. For me, Easter's more about bad luck, but we'll get back to that. Let's <laughs> ask Anna first. What do, Anna, what do you do for Easter? Well, really, we just meet up at my parents' house, and all the siblings have, you know, their kids, and we bring them over, and we make food. We don't really have one meal that we make every year, but we have the you know we hide the eggs and we now that they're all older it's a little different but before we would you know roll out the kids in waves based on age and stuff and we do do candy and we do money and candy so we do like the higher ones are going to be like actual dollar bills and five dollar bills and I think like a, a couple that are like maybe 10 at most I don't know maybe five at most and then we have a couple that have coins and then we have the w- couple that have the candy. So we do like a mixture of everything. But we don't really have like an actual tradition. It's more just like we do it for the kids. We always have. I've never gotten like an Easter basket or anything like that. So I've never done that tradition. But, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe like two Two years ago, we actually celebrated Easter in Texas, in San Antonio, when my niece was graduating from the Air Force. So we were actually there for her birthday and for Easter. Fun. And we were basically hiding eggs out in, you know, 
in there and it was just like an outside of there it just like a park basically and so we were hiding them there because we had my little niece who you know she's young so she still wanted that experience with my other niece who was graduating so we still did that for her but that was pretty much as most exciting as i've gotten if easter morning was at my mom's house she actually had three different colors of plastic eggs so Mm. she would hide the eggs at various levels of difficulty and it would be you know, the youngest kid goes and finds all of the red eggs and the middle child goes and finds all of the blue eggs and the oldest child goes and finds all of the purple eggs. And that way the purple eggs could be hidden way harder than the red eggs like that. Okay. That's actually, so we would do that a lot. And she would say something like, okay, everybody has 12 eggs hidden. Go find your 12 eggs. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we did that a lot too, actually. That's actually a really good idea. And we would do it the other way around. We would go like rehide them for the parents afterwards. And I hid one really good once with, <laughs> it was like a purple egg in yeah. the thing of purple dish soap. And you could like see it in the jar of purple dish soap because the soap is translucent. Yeah. But they couldn't find it ever. <laughs> it was such a good hiding That's spot. That's so funny. And it was so like out in the middle of the open yeah. in the kitchen. But at the yeah. same time, no, it's so hard to find. Yeah. I um, I know my parents go to church, right? Um, that's one of their things that they do. Of course, yeah. But you know, I, that I, is the proper Easter tradition. I know, but I just I haven't I haven't gone in so long, right? So maybe I'll start. So back to Easter karma. <laughs> yes. So on top of travel karma, I apparently have Easter karma because <laughs> I cannot do Easter right. I swear. Uh, so last year on Easter, as you know. Uh, I stayed at home all day because our family wasn't hosting Easter because of COVID. It was had everything had just started and just shut down. And I'm literally staying in my condo all day long. I haven't done anything. It's like 4.30 at night and I need to go out to the mailbox, which for those of you guys who don't know, is like, you know, 100 feet from my front door and down three stairs. <laughs> so... A hundred feet and three stairs later, I managed to sprain both of my ankles last Easter, (laughs) just trying to walk out of my own house. So that was not fun, but it's not even the first time that things like that have happened. In fact, the first time that things like this happened, I was seven years old. (laughs) What? And I was at Easter at my grandma's house. And I was like, I don't even know what I was doing. I was like roughhousing or like play fighting or, you know, like play wrestling with, Mm -hmm. with my uncle actually, like in the living room. Like we were messing around and I totally caught my forehead on the corner of the coffee table. Oh my gosh. That sounds painful. It was so bad. Like think of a unicorn (laughs) is how that lump came out on my head. Oh my gosh. We had to go to the hospital. I had to get a CAT scan to see if I had fractured my skull. Oh my gosh. Like I, yeah. It, it was terrible. My uncle, of course, felt terrible because he was the adult in the situation. <laughs> but I also felt terrible as the seven-year-old who had just given herself a concussion on the coffee table. None of this is contagious, right? Like, <laughs> your karma. I mean, we've been friends for so long. It would have already would have already rubbed yeah, off. Already you just rubbed. don't ever need to come to, come to Easter with I've me. I've never celebrated. I'm not inviting you to my <laughs> Easter because I don't want that at mine. Um, but it was terrible. And picture day for spring photos was the next week at school. Oh, my god! Right after spring break, we've got great photos that year. <laughs> I would just like you to say. You have memories forever. <laughs> yes. But also, in between these two events, because this isn't enough, 
<laughs> um, the week of Easter in 2020, the year that I started working at Disneyland, the year I met you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had just finished my three days of Disney training, and I had like two days off before my first official Disney shift. And my first official Disney shift was Easter Sunday. Yeah. And in those two days that I had before Easter, uh, I totaled my car. And all of a sudden, I had totaled my car. I had to deal with that. I had never been in a car accident before. I had to deal with car insurance. And what do you do with a car that can't even, you know, move anymore? Yeah. And I had to buy a new car in like two days on Easter weekend because I needed to be back at Disneyland on Easter Sunday for my first shift. Yeah. And it's not like you can call in sick for your first shift. Nope. That's a good way to get fired. (laughs) So, yeah, in general, this year for Easter, I mean, I understand that this episode, you guys are listening to this after Easter, but please, please wish me luck that in the next few days, <laughs> that in the next few days, my Easter karma does not hit me again. We don't want, we're not, that's not going to happen. No, everything's going to go good this year. I'm going to stay inside and I'm going to watch Criminal Minds. <laughs> Bubble wrap you. And I'm not even going to go to the mailbox this year <laughs> because clearly that's a trap. <laughs> And that is the end of this week's episode. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter, everyone. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. If you're enjoying our podcast, please like and subscribe. We release a new episode every Tuesday. For bonus features, videos, extra content, and to keep us ad-free, please support us on Patreon. For throwback photos and a sneak peek behind the scenes, follow us on Instagram at thedirtyon30. And if you have any recommendations for our Guilty Pleasures or Born in the 90s segments, shoot us an email at thedirtyon30 at gmail.com. Stay safe. We'll We'll see see you next week. week.